Welcome to Songwriter Trysts, an intimate podcast that is connecting songwriters from all over the world. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee and your host for this show. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of songwriting, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. If you're enjoying the show and you want to support the vision, you can buy me a coffee as a once-off or you can become a monthly subscriber through the website songwritertrists.com. All right, today's songwriter Trist is with Kendra Mickey from Kendra and the Bunnies. That's me. Thanks so much yeah. for having me on. That's such a cute name. Where does Kendra and the Bunnies come from? Thanks. It comes from a few different places. I'd say, first of all, from the character of the White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. Yep. He's just a very, like, spontaneous character and has bloodshot eyes from anxiety. And it's just, like, <laughs> freaking out. He's like, I'm late. I'm late. Uh-huh. And I had this revelation one time because I love that movie and love that story where the White Rabbit, he runs in. He's like, I'm late. I'm very late for a very important date. And he's like the first character you meet in the whole story. So it's like, Mm. well, you're not really late because the whole story and movie is starting around your entrance for Alice to fall down the rabbit hole to follow you into this wonderland. Mm. So it made me think, I'm like, okay, if I'm so anxious about this, I have to have this, I have to do this and very like time oriented and stuff like that. It's like, if I just think about it in the fact that I'm right on time, it might feel like I need to go faster. It might feel like I need to go slower. But in Mm. actuality, I'm here at the right time. It just helps everything kind of snap into place for me. And just like the way, you know, we all have different vibes and that's just the way I am. Whether Mm. I get, you know, kind of like, okay, time is going to be like this or things are going to be like that. Mm. If I just realize that's the way I look at stuff and enjoy it, then it helps a lot. You're right on time every time. (laughs) I believe that. (laughs) I believe in divine timing. Absolutely. All right. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Who are you and where do you come from? So my journey in songwriting, the origin of the rabbits. So (laughs) I'm from Houston, Texas. I grew up in Houston, Texas, and Mm -hmm. I moved out to Los Angeles at 18 to study in university Mm -hmm. where I studied theater arts acting. I grew up as a theater kid in Mm -hmm. musical theater, doing vocal lessons, dance lessons, acting. Then I started to do film acting. And in my high school years, in my teenage years, I discovered rock and roll music. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. (laughs) This this is what's up. Like, I love musical theater, but like, this is awesome. You know, a group of people all gets together. They freaking rock the stage. A group of people shows up to be the audience and dance. Mm. And like, you know, it's the soundtrack of our lives, music that's on the radio, music that's in movies. And I just realized how much of an impact rock and roll had on my personal experience of life. So Mm -hmm. I started to also write poetry at that time in my teenage years. And then soon after that, started playing guitar. And it all just kind of fell into place, you know, multiple times after I graduated college. I was like, wait a minute. Okay, what do I do with writing poetry, playing the guitar and singing? (laughs) How do I marry those all together? And it's like, (laughs) oh yeah, write some songs and perform those songs. Oh. 
where did the passion for music come from and all the drama and stuff like that? Was that a, a parent's sort of encouragement or did you were you just always really theatrical and wanted to do that? Yeah, I've always kind of been, I, I guess, a ham for the spotlight and a ham for the stage. I was four years old and I think I was wearing a feather boa. There's a photo taken of me wearing like a feather boa, like dressed up and all that. But I do remember specifically, I saw on our family's TV set, you know, this woman in a film acting. And yeah. I thought to myself, mom, is that what being a movie star is? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, that's what I want to do. So then I started, we went and, and took me to audition at the local theater in downtown Houston. I auditioned. And then from there <laughs> on out, I was doing like two to three multiple hour lessons a week I joined the theater troupe at a very young age and it's just been yeah. what my entire life is about. So no one brought me into it. You know, my grandma was a songwriter and my mom was a ballet dancer. So we definitely had a creative spirit in, jeans. Yeah. in our jeans. But then I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And But it was such yeah. a young age. It's like, where did it come from? Just that natural, like, this is what I like to do. I like to tap dance and entertain people. Yeah. And so are you still doing a lot of acting and performing outside of your music? Well, acting is so interesting because it's become an entire part of my life. Like the way that I carry myself, the way that I am on stage as a musician and being able to interact with the audience. However, living in Los Angeles, I am still doing like straight up acting work. Like I've, you know, and modeling and, and stuff like that for the film industry out here. But my main drive is music because I like being able to like rock out on stage sing my own mm. lyrics, you know, even if it's something else, I mostly write my own stuff, but I recently collaborated with someone in Nashville who helped me bring out a different side of my songwriting because I'm very like artsy and they're like, yes, yeah. let's do artsy, but let's also refine it. So you're like hitting the <laughs> choruses and hitting the hooks. So it's more radio friendly and stuff. And it's like, okay. Yeah. And that's cool too, because I just, I love songwriting, but I also love singing and touching people's hearts. And sometimes that is with different styles of music, more refined kind of pop rock type stuff too. Oh, and I've I had that experience. Like everyone's different as a songwriter and I've definitely had the experience with Nashville songwriters trying to make my songs make more sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> but at the same time, for me, they make sense. But I also like the artsy sort of stuff that it can be interpreted to then make sense to mm -hmm. whoever. Like it can mean something different if it's a little bit more subjective to, to each right. person who's listening to it. And I kind of like that. And so yeah. in my head, I'm like, do you know what? That's that person's opinion. And I know, especially with country music, they like it to be a clear storyline uh -huh. and it should be very clear as to what's actually happening in the song. But sometimes the story is a story of, it's a mix of multiple stories that are maybe similar, but different. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I think there's beauty in both sides. That's my opinion. Yeah. To <laughs> I like totally. That. Totally. And like, I'm, I'm super in, in that same camp. And I was thinking, I'm like, you know, when it comes to artistry and creative production and, and expressing ourselves in the artistic realm, it's like, okay, this is what my, like my new album coming out at the end of this month is all written by me. Very artsy, very like San Francisco. I recorded it in San Francisco, very like West coast arena, rock, surf rock vibes. And then the next album that I'm doing. So I let myself just do that and let it be exactly as it's going to be. And, and just have it be about that. The theme is West Coast sound. The theme is, you know, classic rock, a little bit of 90s influence, a little bit of 70s influence. But then mm. my next, next project from Nashville is very much, you know, it's kind of the theme of Nashville. So I'm letting that be 
what it is, a little bit more mainstream, radio-friendly, rock and roll with, with some country elements, because I'm not super country, just the way that I am, but I, I do, yeah. I am from Texas, so some Neither of it's like blues. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right? Cool. Yeah. yeah. No but one's then, really country enough for anyone, because everyone's idea of country is so different. <laughs> I saw this one group that does like traditional country and I was like, <laughs> I performed at this place in Nashville last week and then the the band after me was very country and I they got on the stage and did like, well, my mama's been out back by the trailer and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is country, man. It was super cute because like they were rocking it, wearing overalls and like all that whole thing. But I was like, okay, cool. There's There's a niche for like everyone doing all sorts of different stuff. Oh, absolutely. I think really because we're all different you've just got to be able to do yourself you know yeah tell me about like the first song you ever wrote and that sort of process and how you got to that point wow okay so the first I wrote a lot of poetry first so it was very like I don't know a little bit like dark edgy kind of stuff that I was writing in my teenage years lots of like pent-up angst or whatever was going on there (laughs) like you know drama or whatever that looking back it's like meh you know, it's just high school, like chill, chill, relax. But, you know, mm. I started at age like 14, like writing these kind of epic, very dark poems. And I go back and reread them because I've since published them. And I actually didn't have to edit that much, you know, just some like gra- grammatical stuff. I didn't have to yeah. edit like the theme or anything because I just like jumped in and knew when I go to writing, it's like, write what you feel. And then later on, it's interesting. It'll prove itself to me. I'm like, whoa. I didn't know that was going to be so in-depth and, like, so spot-on, but I'm glad I wrote about the way I felt about this guy who, like, looking back, like, I get where I was coming from, but, Mm. you know, it's not like I'm still together with this guy, but this was, like, a (laughs) monumental experience, and this was, like, a monumental poem that I can look back and still resonate with. So, yeah, so, like, I started writing poetry, and then, you know, the songwriting thing I mentioned where it was like, okay, I graduated college, and it was like, okay, I, I write poetry, I sing, I play the guitar, and I'm very kind of hippie, gypsy type. So what do I do to put this all together? Songwriting. So like the first song I wrote just felt very magical. I wrote it as a poem to start. I had just moved to Colorado and I felt like, I I moved to Colorado for two years out of my life, but I'm back in LA. And I felt Mm -hmm. like I was like, okay, I'm like the great, I'm like the, the buffalo that roams the ranges of America. And it's like, you know, it's just that symbol of like, individual freedom and that symbol of you know I've, I've read a lot of writers and stuff like that who use the imagery of the buffalo and so I was like mm. that's what I feel like right now I kind of was moving on a whim I was like you know I'm going to Colorado I should be in LA still but I need to go find myself and yeah. that's when I wrote my first song is like when I let myself be free and then I wrote this poem at this amazing beautiful concert at Red Rocks Amphitheater and then I happened to be like you know, investigating the area because I had just moved there. So I typed in Google. I was like, easy places, emphasis on easy, easy places to hike in my area in Colorado. So I find one, I go there, and, like, I get there, and there's, like, this buffalo roaming range. And I was like, whoa. So I, like, brought Mm. my guitar. I came back with my guitar, and I put that poem about the buffalo to chords, and that became the first song I wrote. Oh, that's beautiful. And I, I've never seen that before, but I reckon that would be a beautiful sight. Yeah, yeah, just oh, like, you know, beautiful animals roaming, but seemingly in the middle of the city because now it's like, you know, the 2000s or whatever. So, <laughs> I mean, there is that element. Maybe I'll write a song about that too in the future, <laughs> like 
roaming free while still being in a complete metropolis. That's really cool. All right. So <laughs> tell me, was it ever a choice? I don't know, because you, you, you were an artist from a kid and you had artists in the family. But uh-huh. was there a point when you were actually like, okay, that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be that when I grow up and, or I'm going to like do this as a career because that for a lot of people that do arts as a hobby and it's a uh-huh. way of expression and just self-therapy and relaxation. And then there's us crazy ones who are like, no, I'm going to, this is my life. I want to make a business yeah. out of this and sustain myself this way. Was there a moment for you where that was like, yep, this is what I'm doing? Yeah, that's so funny that you ask that because there's been multiple moments along the way and it's always like, mm. It always feels like the perfect amount of leap of faith and this is exactly mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to be doing. Like there's all those like manifestational uh, spiritual quotes that are like, if you're if you're doing something uncomfortable, then you're moving in the right direction. And so I just had a conversation, <laughs> right? But it's I like, heard this that is before, uncomfortable. It's yeah. so good. I just had that conversation again with myself today. I was like, this is what you're doing and you're doing it well. And so it's kind yeah. of like that ongoing pep talk of believing in oneself. But I'm also one of those people Mm -hmm. that's kind of in my feelings and stuff like that all the time. So it's like, you know, you're on the right path. But I'd say Mm -hmm. the first initial kind of times, I mean, I decided that as a kid and then I was in acting for years. And then post-college, that's why I moved to Colorado because I was like, well, what do I really want out of my Mm -hmm. life? What do I really bring to the table? I mean, I'm a great actress. I love it. Shakespeare, stage, whatever, whatever, you know, mean girl on film, that's cool, whatever. But like, what, what's going to like make my heart sing and like really be fulfilling. And so then I moved to Colorado, wrote that first couple songs. I was like, okay, I'm a songwriter. So it was just a gradual process of like this and then that, and then this and then that. And then continuously it's kind of like, oh my gosh, this is amazing that I'm doing it. Cause I'll book another gig. I'll book a podcast like this. And I'm like, it's really all happening. And so it's kind of a day-to-day conversation. And then there's those monumental things along the way, like, you know, getting recognition, getting nominated for a songwriting award. Like, oh my God, yay. Yay. I I know I'm doing this. I hope other people know I'm doing this. Okay. Here's some evidence. Okay. Amazing. Booked another thing. So it's a day-to-day thing, like believing in oneself. And it's interesting because I feel... I'm so sorry. I feel like sometimes it folds folds into my songwriting because I'm like, that becomes a part of like the character I write about is like believing in Mm. yourself through the dark of the night or whatever. And it's like, okay, but I just want to write songs of like, I know everything's good. Yeah. And the thing is like, we all need that validation sometimes. Everyone needs it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes the validation all you need is someone to say thank you or to even just listen uh-huh. <laughs> when you're singing, you know, you could sing a song on an open mic and someone that's a stranger listens to you. And it's like, that's the validation I needed. Now the times we need, you know, uh-huh. an international songwriting association to <laughs> to say, yeah, we think that's a pretty cool song. Yeah. And I, I'm a big believer that we always get what we need. And sometimes we need to win and sometimes we need to not win. Sometimes that's the kick in the butt to say, do better, uh-huh. you know, and uh-huh. maybe we can do better, but we're being lazy. Like, I mean, that's kind of like, that's what I tell myself. And I uh-huh. think it's an important thing that we, we just like, yeah, remember that we can always just got to keep going and like, yeah, divine timing. And we uh-huh. always get exactly what we need when we need it. So what about your music when you are writing songs? Is there a particular goal or message? Cause I love, I, I love the messages that I've heard in your music, but I want to hear from oh. you. What is it that 
you put into your songs that you want the audience to hear? Yeah, I was thinking of the, I'm actually wearing my Rolling Stones shirt right now, which is so awesome because I was thinking of, you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need. And I was like, I used to like, whenever I heard that song, I was like, it's catchy. I love it, but I yeah. want what I want and also what I need. <laughs> yeah. However, that element of getting what one needs, I'm glad you said that because that's true. It's like, okay, mm. you know, and then something happens. It's like, thank you so much. So mm. much gratitude for for everything. The messages in my music would be definitely that grateful element, that gratitude of being like, I'm writing a song and I'm able to put the lyrics together and the chords together. So like definitely that foundational element of like gratitude for even being able to do what I love and, you know, to, to act and to play shows and all that. There's, there's definitely that element of gratitude. And then also just like, you know, the beautiful sunshine and getting to live in a city that I love and and meet cool people and stuff. I think that that's so beautiful. A lot of the music that I listen to is just based off of that feel-good rock and roll, like let's go out to a show, let's go meet some people, let's dance around. So that's one big theme. Another big theme would be self-acceptance and self-renewal. So like, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that I'm in my feelings a lot, so that means I constantly have to be going in between the head and the heart because I'm like an intellectual. Yeah. So it's like my heart is Everyone like... Everyone does that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, how, do that. how do we do it? You know, like just going back and forth and being like, okay, this. And so I like to put into my music, like those insights that I have of being able to follow our hearts, going through the trial and the triumph and like weaving into my songs. This is how I did it. So other people can know what their version of is like okay you know someone who's listening they're like should I go ahead and launch that makeup business I've always wanted to do should I do my mm-hmm. YouTube channel should I book the ticket to go study with a healer in Peru you know whatever it is that <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's something I want to do too right that's so cool but, yeah, yeah yeah so just to like share that moment of enlightenment where I was like oh my gosh I understand this is what I should do and just shed light mm. on that so whenever someone hears it, they hear their version of it. That's beautiful. And it is, <laughs> I think someone once put it to me as like, we all kind of have two lives. And uh-huh. for me, I think it's like we have a life of searching and learning where we're, we're growing into the people that we are and we're just, everything that we're going through is probably just training for what we're meant to do. <laughs> And then we find what we're meant to do. And some people find it when they're really young. Some people don't find it until the 50s, mm-hmm. 60s. They're like, they're like their sole purpose in life. And, and, and unfortunately, maybe some people never find it. But mm. I, I do believe that it's always there. And I think there's like that, there's that time of learning and training and, and seeking. And then there's that yeah. time of, right, now this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. And like, I'm going to do it. And this is, that's it. But I don't know. I, I I like it, but at the same time, I think it's interesting because I think both both lives are just as important as each other. You know, they're symbiotic. Yeah. Yeah. What about co-writing? You said you wrote, did you, I mean, you didn't say who you wrote with in Nashville, but have you done much co-writing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've started, I've started to do co-writing. I've brought people on for projects, like for my most recent album that I did in San Francisco, I wrote all the lyrics. I wrote the melodies, the chord progressions, but then I yeah. met up with like 
my lead guitarist, who was also the producer for the album, and I'm like, here's what I have. You know, it's basically acoustic. This is what I'm thinking for the song, like the vibes and stuff, and maybe this instrumentation. But then he helped compose and bring to life, like, okay, let's put like a, a horn section here. Let's do bass for these certain melodic kind of riffs on the bass and stuff like that. So I'd say mm. this was like a co-production, a co-composing on this most recent album. And then as far as like seriously sitting down with another songwriter and being like, here's the theme, this is what I want to accomplish with the song and the vibe. I started to do that with some people in Nashville and I think it's really fruitful. I mean, there definitely has to be a dynamic of like understanding each other, having kind of common goals and intentions for the song. Yeah. Or just like going into it and just being like, let's write, you know, but to having have it have that like shared moment of like, this is what we're going to accomplish with the song I see as a, a really good element to co-writing. Yeah. And you always get something different by working with someone different. It's, it's just one of those things where it's like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's still a, a learning experience either way. Yeah. 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 Cool. And do you have any tips for people going into songwriting, a, a co-write with someone, like what you find works and what doesn't work? Yeah. So for going into a co-write, I'd say have a couple ideas like written down of different themes that you'd like to cover. And mm-hmm. then have like, I like to have like a running list of words on my phone that I find exciting. So I've got like a list on my phone of just like cool words that I've seen while reading other people's books and by watching TV because I watch TV with the subtitles on when I do watch TV. And I'm like, oh, that's a cool word. Or if I hear it in another song, although sometimes if I hear it in another song, I'm like, all right, it's been been done before. But just (laughs) just to like have a running list of stuff to go to because sometimes it's like being in a co-writing situation, it's like, okay, how can I make myself look good when there's literally nothing on my mind right now? So have those tools ready so whatever you are feeling like that day, you're ready to jump in. And then maybe there'll just be a day where you're super electric and you don't have to look at your list of words or your list of themes at all. You'll just walk in and you'll be like, hey, I saw like an orange tree on the way over here and I want to write about how, you know, we have to wait until the orange, have to wait till something's ripe in order to Mm. eat it. And we'll just go with that idea. Yeah, it's bitter if it's not ripe. I love that theory. (laughs) Really? Well, I like that yeah. idea. I, yeah. Was that just something you just pulled out of your, like, yeah. yeah. I, don't <laughs> I, I don't know. I think of oranges. Some, that's like one of my favorite colors. So, yeah. Um, okay. It's still, though, like, <laughs> I don't know, just from what you were saying about, like, that, uh, what we were saying about right timing and stuff. It's like, you're right. Like, things are always sweeter if you wait for them to be ripe. If you try to eat them too uh-huh. early or you wait too long, it's rotten or it's, it's bitter. That's or a bitter. song. Let's write yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's what kind of style? That's never happened before, but (laughs) yeah. So country pop, sort of rocky. Actually, more of my stuff's become more rock lately. But yeah, God, that's cool. That's right. I can um, I edit this by the way. (laughs) Well, maybe we'll write that song, or you know, we'll see where the inspiration takes us. But like, that's definitely something right there. Like the ripeness of waiting for something, and then like what you said about not over waiting to where it's like because then you got to make it into like an orange marmalade or like. Use the rinds for something, which is... You can still use it. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) It's such a big thing, isn't it, with artists. Well, I've I've noticed just because I talk to people all the time and everyone's a different age. Like I've talked to Uh 14-year-olds, 13-year-olds, and then I've talked to, you know, people in their 50s and 60s and everyone's got a complex around their age, whether they're too young or they're too old. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like... 
like you're perfect see <laughs> because everyone yeah. goes through every age and whatever age you are is is perfect we all experience every age and like yeah. you said sometimes moments in our life everyone ripens at a different time oh yeah. I'm so glad we're recording this I'll go back and listen to it later anyway <laughs> yeah let's keep going with the conversation what is the best <laughs> advice you've ever been given when it comes to the creative world and the creative industry Oh, so much good advice. I was thinking about, okay, what's the best advice that I've gotten? Well, I think that one of the best, you know, piece of pieces of advice is just do it. Just to start do it. The best way to get started and to get going is to get started and to get going. And, you know, when you feel like stuff is ready, release it. It might be when you look back, like my first album, when I look back, I'm like, I should have titled that Demos. You know, but I was in a place at the time where, like, I had my acoustic guitar. I knew how to record. I wanted to get these songs out. And, like, that's cool. I honored that place. And it started to get me to where I am now. So it's like I'm glad I acted on that then. I can always go back and re-record, blah, 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 blah. But I think that it's like, you know, think things through, but go for it and get started and just, like, get the ball rolling because so much magic Mm happens and like when things are speaking to us there's a reason that it's speaking to us you know so act on it think things yeah. through go when you're ready but just start and do it I I love that just start and do it that's like yeah. oh, just do it stop talking about it just do it <laughs> <laughs> and then see what happens and right? I think that what you said like about creative like just wanting to get it out there I don't know about you but I feel like that with every single new song I write there's that uh-huh. ex, like that NRE energy, that new relationship energy that you meet when you meet someone. I get that with new songs and I just want to shout it to the world. Like I want to record it and release it that day. Yes. <laughs> and it's a, it's a good thing that that doesn't happen because, you know, things get refined with time. You know, it's like a, uh-huh. a nice wine. It, it matures. But there is like there's that excitement behind wanting to just record it and release it, you know, yeah. very quickly and... I think I think every creative person has to learn that. Like I've yeah. definitely done that where it's like, oh, maybe that was a bit quick or, you know, but you don't know what you don't know until you don't, until you know, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, right. yeah, I think that, that's such a common thing for creatives though. Like you want everything done yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's just the type of people that we are. And I think knowing that other people were like that made me feel better about myself because I was mm-hmm. constantly like beating on myself because I wanted everything to be done already and now I'm just like enjoy the journey you know let's just enjoy Mm -hmm. it what about other Mm -hmm. advice that you would give to say someone in high school or someone maybe even like another kid who's a a drama kid or someone who wants to get into songwriting and music and maybe just doing poetry like you did Mm -hmm. what advice would you give to that person interesting question because it's like with the poetry element that's a little bit different because like you know I'd say with the poetry element, the drama element and like being artsy and stuff and especially speaking to someone who's who's, you know, in in their teenage years, like write what comes Mm. to mind and be super free with yourself on like what you write about, what like plays you put on, because I put on plays in high school because it was like, you know, we've got the directing teacher there. We've got the space to do it. We've got kids in the school who come to the show. 
So I'd put on yeah. shows all the time because there's like no overhead. Now it's like, where are we going to rent the space? How many tickets? Sell? You know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. That's the beauty of becoming a professional is you're like, okay, but all the other details. I'd say <laughs> when you're in that like incubation period where you know, you know, you can do everything, you have somewhere to go sleep at night, you got your parents' house, blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't know everyone's stories, but be free and, and open with your creative style. And even no matter what age you are, be free, be open with your creative style because you'll always surprise yourself with that person that comes out of the woodwork and they're like, that poem that you wrote, I understand it. And I'm so glad you wrote it. I didn't know anyone else wrote like that. Cause I've written poetry that's like super crazy, whatever, psychedelic. And then someone's like, I know what you're saying. And I'm like, really? That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And had I like self-censored or been like, no, no one's going to understand that, you know, just like write it. And then you can always write another poem that's more refined. The more yeah. the merrier... And then you can edit, do whatever your heart speaks to you to do and believe in yourself, of course. That's, it is good advice. Do what your heart says. And it sounds like, I think that's one of those ones where it's easier to say than it is to do. Yeah. Do you reckon? Like, because, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I'm a people pleaser. And I, uh -huh. my heart will definitely, like, I know when my heart wants something but it's conflicted by the fear of letting someone else down or it not being what they want. Does that make sense? And like, maybe it's yes. like, I don't know, I don't want conflict or something, but it oh. can be really hard in those moments to go, actually, I'm so sorry, but my heart is telling me this. Uh -huh. And I know that that might not sit well with what you want, but, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, and sometimes I've actually had to have that conversation with people sometimes. And it's like, I actually don't have a reason, like a logical reason as to why uh -huh. I'm feeling this way, but I have to say no. <laughs> right. And I just have to honor my body, yeah. even if it's self-sabotage or, you know, I have to honor what my heart's saying. And that's, that's been a really hard lesson for me to learn. I don't know about you, but does that make sense? Yeah, it does make complete sense. Cause I'll get like opportunities or random jobs or something like I recently got asked to do to sing for a friend and I'd love to do it but the thing is is that I'd have to travel a little bit out of the way I'd be like mm. booking a hotel booking a rental car and at the end of the day it would be a big kind of investment for me to pick up and go do this song you know to perform with these people and I like would love to do it however I had to listen to my heart and be like Yes, Kendra, but like the universe is giving you an option right now where you can say, hey, like I'd love to do this, but other needs need to be met. And like that's a conversation yeah. I had with the universe of like, I would love to pick up and like fly over here and like do this. But like in return, you know, how about an awesome paying gig, yeah. you know, where I sell this many tickets or like something that comes in to make sense for it. And at the time yeah. it was so hard for me to say no. I just about asked everyone. I was like one step away from like calling my psychic. I'm like, I need a psychic on speed dial. <laughs> you know, like checking this horoscope. I like downloaded this horoscope. I'm like reading tarot cards. I'm like calling my mom. And she's like, Kendra, <laughs> you already made the decision. And I'm like, but it's so yeah. hard to say no when I know yeah. it's something I want to do. But, but like you said, it's like something more than that. Yeah. And I think your, your heart knows what's right even when I think the brain's like but but actually and I don't even know if it's the brain I think sometimes it's the ego like uh -huh. <laughs> it's the ego going oh but I'd get to do this and I get to say uh -huh. that I've done this and your heart's like yeah but no 
Uh-huh. It's not good. It's not good for you. Uh, anyway, uh-huh. we could talk about that forever. Yeah. I want to ask you a question around your inspirations. So I'm going to put it this way. If you could co-write a song with anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would it be and why? That is such a good question. I guess it would be, well, it would be Jerry Garcia, who's passed away from the Grateful Dead, or Bob Weir from the Grateful Dead, who's still alive, very much alive. And Mm -hmm. I get to see him in concert. You know, they just announced their upcoming concert. He's He p- plays with the Grateful Dead, too, which is now Dead and Company. So I'd say Bob mm-hmm. Weir, like, definitely, because there's so yeah. much history. The Grateful Dead's, like, my favorite band, and so many of their themes seep into my songwriting experience. So to have that collective, yeah. like, experience would be so awesome, and I just feel like we'd really click with, like, our mentality and stuff. Yeah, the influence and the the similarity of connection. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool. So what have you got going on this year? Tell me. Cool. What's so I have next? so much stuff. So tomorrow, <laughs> tonight, whatever day it is, May 14th, I have my new single coming out titled So Hollywood. May 21st, the new music video. And then at the end of the month, I'm releasing full 15-track album from San Francisco titled Of Consideration. And it's definitely rock and roll, heavy folk rock, good vibes. That's out on May 28th. Then in June, I'm playing some shows in Northern California. I'm playing a couple shows in Los Angeles and North Hollywood and some other places. And then, and then in, it's so exciting. I love performing live. And then in July, I'm releasing those four tracks I just recorded in Nashville that are a little bit more mainstream and stuff and yep. some music videos with that. So I'm excited to see... What my audience thinks, they're going to be like, whoa, radio-friendly Kendra. Like, what is this? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a transition a lot of people make. And it's a necessity for us to move from not just being able to do what we love, Uh but get into the mainstream so that people are aware of what we're doing and that then Uh we can, because you do need a a fairly decent-sized following to make a living out of it so that then you can afford to travel and do multiple gigs and go and put on a gig and know that people are going to come, you know, and that's something that you have to build and to build that, I guess, I don't know if it's as much now, but it's still one of those things where you kind of have to have radio-friendly songs. I think they're losing their power yeah. with like the so, like Spotify and Apple and social media yeah. being more prevalent, like YouTube's probably more prevalent these days. But I mm-hmm. think people are still kind of trained and conditioned to listen to a three-minute song, you know, and have certain yeah. structures to it and less open to artsy stuff as much as we want to do the artsy stuff. <laughs> well, I think about, you're totally right. I think about some bands like Blink-182 or mm. No Doubt or... You know, some of those people who are like alternative rock that were super popular, it would definitely be a little Mm. bit of a rock revival. But some of those artists that have like radio friendly tracks, but then if you listen to the rest of the album, you're like, oh, I see. They've got like all this depth here and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't know what the future holds for me. I know it's definitely going to be music, but, you know, I'm kind of picturing this bounce back between where it's like one album's mainstream, next one's artsy or like five Mm. songs are mainstream and then the other ones are kind of woven in there, you know, so like the mainstream songs cast a wider net and then people come listen. But like, I want to reach as many people as possible and, Mm. and have that moment of like connection. And, you know, there's just something really catchy about 
well-written songs with with that structure to it too. So it's yeah. kind of also a love of like just having a song that gets in, stuck in my own head and I'm like, oh my gosh, my own song stuck <laughs> in my head. That's I think that's like, you know how everyone has like a skill with songwriting? I think that's my thing. Like the most feedback I've ever had as far as my songs go is it gets stuck in their head. So I think it's yeah. a lot like the melody. Like I think that's just that sort of hooky melody sort of stuff coming out. But I love writing. I like writing with other writers who are really good with lyrics and yeah. like clever lyrics and then putting that to a hooky melody. That's like my yeah. favorite thing to do. But yeah, no, that's really cool. Well, I'm going to put all of your socials, your music, your website so that people can go and check out your new single that's coming out. This podcast will probably be after that, but it'll be before your album. So we'll be, we'll give it, you know, a good plug and people will be able to find you th- through the description and it'll also be on the website. Is there anything else you would like to say before we finish up? Thank you so much for having me on your show today. It's been a really awesome conversation and I got so much just like talking with another songwriter. It's, it was really cool. Thank you. Just a single kiss Like poison on my lips I've been clean for so long Thanks for joining our songwriter Trist today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guest, please go to the website songwritertrists.com.